it's interesting when you read a lot of media these days, there's a lot of articles that give you some advice on how to deal with being confined to our spaces, how to survive being alone, how to survive not having our social gatherings the way that we wanted to. And we always, it's interesting, we always have a craving for what we don't have rather than embrace what is right in front of us. And there's a lot of businesses that are certainly gearing their marketing strategies to cater to our yearnings. But if we really look within and recognize that we really have everything that we need at any given moment if we just open our eyes and look within. And so there's a lot of spiritual traditions that talk about our unity, the soul unity, the universal consciousness. And they are not separate from one another, our souls at least. But so many of us choose to seek external means of satisfaction and external means of unifying ourselves rather than seeking that deeper spiritual unity that's available to us. And Emerson writes about this to a certain extent. He writes, the supreme critic on the errors of the past and the present, and the only prophet of that which must be is that great nature in which we rest as the earth lies in the soft arms of the atmosphere, that unity, that oversoul, within which every man's particular being is contained and made one with all other, that common heart of which all sincere conversation is the worship to which all right action is submission, that overpowering reality which confutes our tricks and talents and constrains every one to pass for what he is and to speak from his character and not from his tongue, and whichever more tends to pass into our thought and hand and become wisdom and virtue and power and beauty. We live in succession, in division, in parts, in particles. Meantime, within man is the soul of the whole, the wise silence, the universal beauty, to which every part and particle is equally related, the eternal one.
and this deep power in which we exist and whose beatitude is all accessible to us is not only self-sufficing and perfect in every hour but the act of seeing and the things seen the seer and the spectacle the subject and the object are one we see the world piece by piece as the sun, the moon, the animal, the tree, but the whole of which these are the shining parts is the soul. Only by the vision of that wisdom can the horoscope of the ages be read, and by falling back on our better thoughts, by yielding to the spirit of prophecy which is innate in every man, we can know what it saith. Every man's words who speaks from that life must sound vain to those who do not dwell in the same thought on their own part. I dare not speak for it. My words do not carry its august sense, for they fall short and cold. Only itself can inspire whom it will, and behold, their speech shall be, shall be lyrical and sweet, and universal as the rising of the wind. Yet I desire, even by profane words, if I may not use sacred, to indicate the heaven of this deity, and to report what hints I have collected of this transcendent simplicity and energy of the highest law. And so this is just a short incident of what really exists in a lot of traditions, the idea that we are we see things in part, but ultimately we are part of that whole, that completeness exists in every moment, in every being. So rather than look for ways to separate yourself even more seek within and recognize that we are all one, we are all connected. 